Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. We'll take our final moments for an update on the Eric Greitens saga. The governor's charged with felony invasion of privacy for allegedly taking a non-consensual photo of his partially nude lover. He goes to trial in May. Lots of news about the legal side of this case. And joining us in studio to bring us up to speed is political reporter Jason Rosenbaum. Jason, good to see you. Good to be back. Having any trouble keeping up with the, the ins and outs of this story? Well, a little bit because I haven't been sleeping as much since we have a new baby. Uh, Declan Todd Rosenbaum, giving him a shout out, even though he doesn't listen to the radio. Congratulations th- to you and th- yours. Thank you. That's the only reason I mentioned it, so you could congratulate me on it. You know, this week that there were there was several developments on the legal front. Um, both uh, Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner and Eric Greitens legal team expanded. Um, uh, Gardner brought in a Harvard law professor who was once uh, Michael Brown's attorney, I believe. The name of it begets me at the moment, but the the more notable addition to the Greitens legal team was Scott Rosenblum, who's a, a noted defense attorney who often represents very famous people. And, you know, I think both sides of this case, which goes into trial May 14th, are trying to get as many people as they possibly can, because even though this isn't like a murder trial where somebody could go to jail for the rest of their lives – it's clearly going to be the most watched trial in the state until it's over. So I think that both sides are taking it extremely seriously. And it's going to be happening sooner than uh, than Kim Gardner wanted. It, it is. It's going to be starting May 14th. I, I believe that the circuit attorney wanted it to happen in November, fairly close to the election, that which was brought up by some of the circuit attorney's detractors. Um, it will be happening in mid-May. I believe that the judge made the point that this is – Again, a, a trial of statewide significance because it involves the governor. And uh, Judge Rex Burleson clearly was of the mind that he didn't want this to drag out longer than it potentially needed to. What do you think the, uh, the addition of, of Scott Rosenblum to the, to the team means? It could mean a lot of things. I think some of Greitens critics point to the fact that Rosenblum is typically brought in when somebody's accused of wrongdoing and Rosenblum needs to work his legal magic to make it go away. Um, but it could also mean that the, uh, the governor and his legal team are trying to have the most legal firepower that they can have when they end up going to trial. Um, everybody is entitled to a rigorous defense. It doesn't mean doesn't matter whether it's the governor of Missouri or somebody who's homeless. Um, sometimes we don't reach that standard, especially with our people who are, are low income and poor who are accused of crimes and can't get the representation that the governor is getting. But this is part of the legal system where um, someone with means like the governor can up, can accumulate robust legal representation to defend his name. As is his right. Robust might be an understatement. He's got, he's got uh, Garvey, the former judge. He's yes. got Scott Rosenblum. He's got Dowd Bennett, uh, a prestigious law firm here, which actually uh, a member of the a partner of that firm is uh, former Governor Jane Nixon. Indeed, and I believe U.S. Senator uh, uh, John Danforth is part of that uh, firm as well. But but again, you know, one of the things that I always like to try to stay away from is. I, I never really begrudge an attorney for you know the clients that they take or say that the, the the law firm is somehow tainted because a lawyer is 
from that firm is representing somebody that somebody doesn't like. That's just part of the job of being an, a sure. lawyer and a defense attorney. And it, similarly, I, it, you know, you don't begrudge somebody who's uh, accused of murder or a very serious crime of, of making sure that they have as much legal representation as they can get. As I mentioned before, sometimes people can get more than others. You say that uh, the governor is a man of means, and he is, but do we know who's paying these lawyers? I do not believe so. I I was on paternity leave when uh, the governor was indicted, but I I believe that one or more of my colleagues asked that question, and I don't believe that we've gotten a particularly – I don't think we've gotten an answer on that. So I'm not really sure at this point. Is, is what I'm trying to tell you. Well, let's talk for a moment about the uh, the House committee that is investigating this uh, this whole scenario. Uh, this could possibly wind up with uh, an impeachment charge. It, it could. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think that the chairman of that committee, Jay Barnes, is promising that. But uh, clearly the first step toward a possible impeachment is forming this committee and having the committee study the facts of the matter. One of the things that is garnering are eliciting a lot of controversy is that so far uh, there have been meetings of this committee that have not been open to the public. There has been at least a couple of senators who have expressed concern about that. Uh, Senator Rob Schaff of St. Joseph, who is by no means a fan of the governor, has pointed out that if the House committee decides not to do anything, um, that not having it open could leave them with the impression that, you know, they kept things secret and let the governor off the hook without any public scrutiny. What what Barnes and other committee members will tell uh, reporters is that they want to protect the confidentiality of witnesses. And I think that they want to take this as serious as possible as a fact-finding operation without it turning into a media spectacle, so to speak. Uh, obviously, you know, as reporters, we want to get as much information as possible. So I, I think that the, the lack of openness has still prompted reporters to uh, camp out outside wherever the committee is, is being held. I, I'm not in Jefferson City, so I haven't had no. that laborious task yet. There's no way of knowing uh, whether or not the woman involved in this case is uh, going to be testifying before that committee. I, we won't know probably until after the committee uh, reaches its report. What I have heard is that when they're finished with their work, I, I think that they'll probably in, answer more questions after that. And they should be finished in early April. Is that correct? They have 40 days, mm-hmm. I believe, to finish their work. And I, th- I think it would have to be done in early April. What is the process then? Supposing the committee the committee would, uh, I suppose, vote and determine whether or not they wanted to proceed with impeachment proceedings. Yes. I guess if they wanted to proceed with impeachment proceedings, the next step would be bringing that before the House. I don't think that there is necessarily precedent about how to debate impeachment of a governor. There's been impeachment of Secretary of State Judy Moriarty Mm -hmm. in the 1990s, but this will obviously take a lot more significance if it happens. I think that once that actually comes to be, if it comes to be, because there's no guarantee that this committee is going to recommend impeachment, we'll probably have more details about the process. All I know is if they end up, if the House ends up voting to impeach Governor Greitens, it then goes to to the Senate to where they would appoint a a panel of eminent jurists to decide whether or not Greitens is is ousted or not. And I, 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 what I would have been told is that if that actually occurs, that the governor is suspended from doing anything. I would have to reread the Constitution, mm-hmm. but somebody who has been following this process <clears throat> told me that that 
is a, a, a likely outcome of him just being impeached, even though he wouldn't be thrown out of office yeah, there immediately. Seem, there seems to be less, uh, less fewer calls, I should say, for resignation at this point. Well, it depends on who you ask. Mm-hmm. Like I was in Hannibal this weekend talking to a lot of Democrats and there, there are clearly people on the Democratic side who are disgusted with what the governor did before he was governor and want him to resign. But there are others who are who want to use the governor's woes as a political foil for the election. And I think that there are others who are fearful that GOP Lieutenant Governor Mike Parson may be a more effective governor and therefore he may implement a lot more policies that uh, hurt Democratic interests. I, I also got a chance to talk with U.S. Senator Claire McCaskill and I asked her directly if she thought that the, the governor should resign. This is a clip of her talking right now. I think it's fine for people to be critical of whether or not the investigations occurred as they should or if the right people investigated or investigated thoroughly enough. But what I said is once a criminal case is, is filed, once there was an indictment by a grand jury, that's where my training kicks in. And I think it is inappropriate to try to characterize the evidence or to, to, to postulate on what should happen, because now it's up to the criminal justice system to determine what will happen. And I'd rather have the facts and evidence speak as opposed to a bunch of politicians opining about what should happen. So I'm just going to resist that temptation and let the evidence speak for itself in a courtroom. And she knows the drill because she's a former prosecutor herself. Yes, she's a former Jackson County prosecutor. It's an interesting – I don't want to say it's an interesting dance that Democrats are playing because I don't want to trivialize this. But they are using the Greitens situation to attack other Republicans, whether it be Attorney General Josh Hawley, who's running for the Senate against McCaskill, or legislative Republicans. But – there have been not many leaders among the Democratic Party who have explicitly called for Greitens to resign for the various reasons that I just mentioned. So, I mean, the Democrats are pretty much spectators at this point since they're very much out of power, with the exception of Claire McCaskill and State Auditor Nicole Galloway, who are still in statewide office. What about the Republican side? I mean, there are a lot of Republicans there running are. this year as well. There are. And I think that there have been some who have outwardly said that the governor should resign for, for various reasons. I think others are waiting to see what happens with uh, the, the, the trial in May and whether there's any other revelations that come out of this saga. Um, I haven't really heard a lot of Republicans defending the governor's behavior. I mean, the governor himself didn't defend his behavior in his statement and in his public statements. So the the issue that he's had, and I've said this many times, is he hasn't had a very good relationship with the legislature. He used the phrase career politicians as a pejorative during his campaign. So when he's fighting for his political life and, he, it, it, and it basically his fate could be in the hands of these quote, career politicians that he's derided, well, he's not going to get a lot of at least philosophical support from those people. He apparently is trying to rehabilitate his image somewhat. Have you seen the, the Facebook photos of him with the little bear cubs? I, I have. Um, <laughs> it, it was uh, – they were very adorable photos. I, I have nothing else to add beyond that snap impression. OK. Well, the minute we have left, Jason, uh, you're involved in a new project now involving uh, Governor Greitens, a podcast. Yes. Um, every We're going to try to have a regular, politically speaking, at the end of every week, wrapping up the legal, the legislative, and the political developments in the Greitens situation. Um, we're going to be recording our first one later this afternoon. And 
If you subscribe to Politically Speaking on iTunes or any other podcast dissemination device, check check it around later this afternoon because we'll have our first edition of this, which we're going to try to do on a regular basis. Okay. So this is kind of – this appearance here is kind of a warm-up for you for that, right? Yeah. <laughs> and and I, think, I don't know if we're going to be talking about bear photos at all in it, but probably not. It's okay. probably going to just be on – trying to get all the information to people about the week's Greitens developments in case they missed anything. We will look forward to that. Thank you, Jason Rosenbaum. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. I'm Don Marsh.